So just a a quick reminder of the verses we're looking at this evening. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask. And he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. (coughs) This evening's sermon is titled The Prayers of the Saints. And as I mentioned earlier, we know that prayer is a means of grace. It's a blessing of the Lord. It's where a believer can pour out their heart to God. Prayer is the opportunity for the Christian to speak with and interact with the one true God, the creator of heavens and earth. So you and I, Christian, we have the ear of the Lord. Immediately, right there, we see the blessing of prayer. How prayer is something to be loved, to be desired To be something that we want to do, rather than a task that we have to complete. And prayer is something that is a blessing for us. And not something that should be used as the Pharisees did, to proclaim their self-righteousness before others. It's It's an intimate thing between us and the Lord. So this evening I want us to grasp grasp part of the doctrine of prayer. We know there is a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray, as we see this with the Pharisees. Therefore, tonight we will see why we can have confidence when we pray. Why a sinner can be bold when they approach the throne of grace. We will understand how our prayers should be restrained by and in accordance with the will of God. And how we are blessed because we can pray for one another. So let us now just return once again to the scriptures and look at verses 14 and 15 again. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So this is the confidence that we have in the Lord. The reason we have confidence in prayer is because we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can stand before God. Because not only at the cross do we find propitiation for our sins, not only are we washed and cleansed from the filth of sin, not only are we brought into a right relationship with God and adopted into the family of the Lord, not only are we called children of God, But we can call on the Lord and be certain and sure that he hears us because we are in Christ. And we see this term throughout the letter, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, the Lord hears our prayers. Paul reminds us of this in Ephesians 3.12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. We have access to God through Christ. 
So in the gift of faith, we have confidence in prayer. That is part and parcel of our faith. Christ gave us joy in salvation. And this dealt with our miserable state of sin and despair when we had been crushed by the law, understanding that we needed a saviour. Now we are dressed in the robes of righteousness. We are open to the treasures of heaven. We have access to God. And when I refer to treasures of heaven and relating that to prayer, I am not coming at it from the angle of those who follow the prosperity gospel, those who believe in health and wealth. The treasures of heaven do not refer to a healthy life full of ease, to living in mansions with fast cars, fancy clothes, luxury holidays, being able to just display our wealth as the prosperity gospel does. The treasures of heaven we speak of, when we speak of treasures of heaven, is relating to God himself. For in God, for in him, contains all the blessings and all good things that we need for our spiritual growth. So our confidence is that we have access to God and all the treasures that he has for us. And we have access to the Lord. And this is confirmed to us by the words of Christ in John fourteen thirteen, when he says, And whatsoever you ask, you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So when we pray to the Lord and we bring our desires that are in accordance to his will, he hears us. So we can have confidence when we approach the Lord. So if as a Christian we have thoughts that we must appease God in order to be heard, or we dare to think that our prayers in and of themselves somehow lead to God accepting us, and therefore inclining his ear to us and listening to us because we do this. It's in our, our ability to to go to the Lord. Then we've misunderstood the gospel. We are not praying as the Lord asks because we're going in our own confidence. If our confidence is in ourselves in any way, shape or form, then we are not not any different to the Pharisees. They were whitewashed empty tombs who brought fanciful prayers it fell on deaf ears because they went in arrogance. They went with a belief that they had the ability to appease God. Well, you may say, well, hang on a minute. What if we just go back a few chapters to 1 John 3.22? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So we may look at that and just think, oh, well, the Lord will hear me. And the Lord will receive from him if we do what is right, if we do what is God, what is good. Therefore, we earn these things from the Lord. But what John is speaking of is about faith. Those who go to the Lord in faith, whose works are not done out of arrogance and an expectation. I do this. The Lord will do this for me. For our works are filthy rags. But out of faith, when we do the will of the Lord, when he blesses us and equips us to keep his commands in even the slightest way because we are dependent on him. When we do these things out of faith, he will bless us. But our dependence, again, isn't on our own abilities, but is on the Lord entirely. Again, the Pharisee is a good, is a good example here. They attempted to do good works because they could earn favour with God. 
But the one who keeps God's commands is the one who's seeking to love the Lord and to love others from a position of faith, faith in Christ and not of themselves. Therefore, to approach God in prayer confidently is to know that God hears us. And he hears us because in faith we have trusted in the work of Christ. So we're going in Christ and not of ourselves. So if we have confidence in ourselves, we again are appealing to the Lord as if we can appease him. And we trust in our worthiness when actually we are worthless. It is Christ who we go in. So we understand that we are confident. We are certain that God hears us because we are confident in Christ and his work. We trust in him. But there is a second part that helps us to be certain that our prayers are heard also. That is when our prayers are done in accordance to the will of God. So therefore our prayer is restrained by God's word. So we do not come to God praying anything we please with our own thoughts, with our our own desires that are separate from the word of God. Our minds, our desires should be restrained and conformed to the will of God, which we find in his word. And that's what I mean when I say restrained. Godly prayer, prayer that is heard by God, is prayer that is in line with the will of God. So it's important to the Lord how and why we pray. So before we look further, I just want to remind us that to pray in the way that the Lord lays out is a wonderful thing to know. It shouldn't be a tiring thing to go through and think, how do I pray? How do I pray? And trying to, to again, look to the word in order to appease God. We do it because we do it in faith. We do it in Christ with a heart that loves Jesus. So he's given us the gift of his word. We can search his word in order to know how to pray. So firstly, we must prepare ourselves for prayer. This will be different for each person because we each have our own abilities. We each... um, can come to the Lord and and grow in our faith. People are are at different walks in their journey with Christ. There are babes in Christ, there are the mature in Christ. But for each of us, we must prepare ourselves for prayer. Our hearts and minds need to be focused. We cannot take prayer so lightly that our, our mind is filled with carnal thoughts or have distractions around us that capture our minds. We must remember that when we are praying, we are approaching God. Psalm 25. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Prayer is not something done on an even standing. We are looking upwards. We lift our souls. We look upwards to the Lord, to the all-powerful God. So our minds must be ready. We cannot have distractions. We cannot think we can come to the Lord while maybe keeping our eye on um, the football scores, the rugby scores, whatever is taking our minds or on jobs that we must be doing and half-heartedly coming to the Lord. Yes, I'm not saying that in, in moments of danger where there may be chaos around us and Im- imminent danger. I'm talking about having our minds on carnal things. Secondly, when we pray in the will of the Lord, we must know that we 
have to pray in the name of Christ. As I mentioned before, Christ and Christ alone is the mediator between us and God. He brings us to salvation so that we can stand before the Lord. We are only acceptable to God in Christ. So we can't stand before God representing ourselves. Which, uh, or even looking to something else to represent us before God. We, we look at the Catholics. How do they pray? They pray to Mary. They pray to Mary so she can go to Jesus. And then Jesus can go to the Father. So he, with this, Jesus isn't good enough. Jesus isn't good enough to go to. We need to go to Mary. Mary is the one who will stand between us. What absolute nonsense that is. That we can go to somebody who is mortal, a sinner, who needed a saviour and think that they can be a mediator. That they, we can pray to them and that they'll take our prayers to the Lord. Thirdly, our prayers must be felt. Again, we, we look to the Psalms. You can just flip anywhere in the Psalms and it's dripping with a heart, with heartfelt emotions. Whether the, the writer is praising the Lord or calling out in despair, what we see written in, in the Psalms is felt at the very core of the author. It must be felt. When we pray, we must not go with a cold heart, just reeling off a list of, of demands. Or just doing it out of a, a cold heart where we just think, oh, I must do it, I'll have to do it. We go to the Lord because we love him. And we give him our heartfelt desires that are in accordance to his will. So how do we pray? Do we pray from a heart that feels and loves the Lord? Or do we do it as part of a routine? Now, I'm not knocking routine. Routine is a wonderful thing. But if it is just there because we just do it, then it's no good. It's just legalism. Are our prayers dry and consist of the same passion and energy that we'd we'd have for maybe putting a, the kettle on in the morning? It's just something we do. There's no passion. There's no energy. Our prayers must be earnest in whatever situation we find ourselves in. James 5, 13 to 14. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So we pray. We pray whatever situation we're in. If it's good, we, we praise. If we are struggling, we commit these things to the Lord. And lastly, our prayer should be done with the aim to glorify the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31 Whatever therefore ye eat or drink or whatever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So when we pray, our aim is to seek the glory of God. That's what our desires should be. So if we are in difficulty, we may pray that we are spared from a difficult situation. So therefore our praises will be directed to God. If we remain in a state of suffering, we may pray for perseverance for the glory of God. And that the witness of our lives in absolute um, pain and suffering 
will still point to Christ because we are dependent on him and his hand is on us. At times we may too often have our requests set on our personal gains and comforts. Especially so for us in the West who have quite a blessed and cushy life. But our prayers to the Lord should be ones that seek to glorify him. Now there's far more to prayer and how we are to prayer in the will of the Lord. But what we have seen so far and from the from what the scriptures teach us, this is the foundation to build on, to go away ourselves and, and to search how we are to pray and to give glory to God. But we know that when we do pray, we do in the name of Christ. And this is where our confidence lies. That we are heard because the Lord has washed and cleansed us so we can enter the throne of grace. And we know that when we pray in accordance with the will of the Lord, these prayers will be answered. And another blessing that we have uh, in prayer is that we can pray for one another. We see this in verses 16 to 17. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not unto death. As saints, as believers, we have been called to love one another. And an outworking of that love is that we have the opportunity to pray for one another. John, the verses here that John has given us gives us one example of how we can pray for one another. And that is when a brother or a sister in Christ is walking in sin. James 5.16, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we should be speaking to one another about our sins, about our struggles. That way we can pray for one another. We can intercede for, for each other. We can bring one another before the Lord. We can call on the name of the Lord and seek his hand in bringing about a change in our brother's or sister's life where they are struggling with sin. For example, if we see a brother in sin, they may be struggling to overcome something that that goes against the law of God. It is right, it is good that we pray for them. As a brother, the relationship here is a big deal in John, as we'll see later, because we are praying for one another. We're praying for brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a key aspect, as we'll see in a second. It's because we have a relationship with one another. So... A practical example. So say we witness a brother who may have had an issue with drink in the past and we find them drunk and maybe going down that slippery slope again. We pray for them. We pray with them. We pray that the Lord will restore them and bring them back out of that way of life. We pray that the Lord will deliver them from this. And this is a good and lovely thing to do. This is loving our brother and sister in Christ. And we know that is something that the Lord will deliver them from. He, he says when we pray in accordance to his will, if they are in fact trusting in the Lord, he will be with them. But then we get to a funny section here, don't we? 
where John speaks of the sin that leads to death. So what is John speaking of and what does he mean when he states that we should not pray for that? See, context is important here. So John is not speaking of the unpardonable sin, which Glenn spoke of this morning. uh, That was in Luke 12. John here is speaking of the false teachers who proclaimed a false gospel. They stated that Christ did not come in the flesh. So remember, John is speaking of, we pray for our brothers and sisters who are maybe on a slippery slope, who are struggling with with a sin. We pray for them. Which says, do not pray for a sin leading to death. And in the context, it's not appealing to the unpardonable sin. You see, what happened was the those who they, that they thought were brothers and sisters were rejecting Christ. They were pro- proclaiming a false gospel and that ultimately led to death. Now, the argument may be from another passage where, where in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where it speaks of fornicators, idolaters, thieves, drunkards, drunkards, etc. will not inherit the earth. You say, well, all those lead to death. However... Paul states shortly after that um, the church were these, the church were these types of people, but they were delivered, they were washed, they were cleansed, they were sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So here it's different. This leading to death is speaking of a rejection of Christ. So now the next question is, if a sinner who calls on the name of the Lord is saved, but a sinner who rejects Christ and is destined to hell, should we, is John saying not to pray for them? What is John saying when he says, are we not to pray for false teachers? No. What John is speaking of here is looking at our brothers and sisters and praying for them and not praying for the others, for for those that have rejected Christ. He's saying, look, Pray for your brothers and sisters. This should be our emphasis. We should pray for our, our enemies, however. But John is, is really looking, do not waste your time for those who outrightly reject the Lord. We should not neglect praying for our brothers and sisters who are in sin because we are too busy praying for someone who is outrightly rejecting Christ. These false teachers had come in to corrupt the church and had left and had gone. When they were rejected and sent away. The church had been damaged greatly. So prayer here should be focused on the church. And not for the false teachers. Taking our time and our energy away from our brothers and sisters. So when a brother cries out for us to pray for them. In their struggle with sin. We cannot neglect them. For somebody else who hates the Lord. And proclaims a false message. One aspect we must also remember is that our prayers for our brothers and sisters are done in the power of the Holy Spirit too. It is the Holy Spirit who we rely on in prayer. Ephesians 6.18 Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So it may be, it may be a case where we are struggling to pray for someone who is really going against the Lord and spitting out lies about him and, and rejecting him completely. We may find that the Spirit may restrain us and then lead us to pray for our brothers and sisters. 
By all means, if we have the time and the energy to pray for our enemies, to, to come to the Lord, yes, we can and we should. But if the needs of our brothers and sisters are greater, that's where our focus should be. So back again to here. John shows that we we do pray differently for our brothers and sisters than we would for non-believers, especially for those who reject Christ and his teachings. We can see that in, in the purgatory, in purgatory Psalms. David prays for the downfall and destruction of his enemies. That should not be a prayer that we have for, for our brothers and sisters in Christ. But it may well be a prayer that we have for those who seek to attack the bride of Christ. Yes, we can pray that they would come to faith, but we can also pray that they come to a downfall, that they do not go ahead with what they threaten. We can pray for the downfall of those who seek to kill and murder Christians across the world. But we should be mindful when we do pray. Again, our thoughts should be done and directed by a heart that loves the Lord and is not out for vengeance. It should be done in Christ. But to conclude in all of this, and with all that we have read, we must remember that prayer is a blessing. A gift to the saints. So that we can boldly approach the, to the approach the throne of grace where we can pour out our hearts to the Lord and we know that he will hear us because when we approach him in Christ that when we are washed and we are cleansed by his blood and we call on him for all our needs and we pray in accordance to his will and we offer up our prayers not just for ourselves but our brothers and sisters in Christ what a means of grace this is so let us not neglect such a wonderful gift that sinners such as us have the ear of the Most High God who sits and reigns over all from heaven. Amen. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.